A lesson from a self-confessed dumb sheet metal worker on how caring can increase your revenue fivefold. Welcome to the Tradings Business Show, helping you get off the tools and into true business ownership so you can spend more time doing the things that matter most. Now, here are your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Tradies Business Show. And today, Warwick, we have a cracker. We do. G'day, listeners. Uh, the tone of today's interview with our guest was set when he rolled in in his board shorts and pluggers. Yes, but don't be fooled by the casual clothing because this guy has a lot of great business tips to share and you're going to take away a lot from this today. That's right. And he uh, he was gracious enough to take the time out of his day. He was literally moving into the new house that he's funded uh, because of the results he's got in his business. So uh, just bought a very nice property beachside on the Sunshine Coast. Okay. So Weren't we there recording with what a are we few doing beers? In, in air condition, we should be sitting by the beach. Anyway, <laughs> ridiculous. Look, it's a great interview, guys, and uh, I know you'll take heaps out of it. Uh, let's get stuck in. Hello, and welcome again to another episode of the Trady Business Show. I'm Michaela Clark, and I'm Warwick Bidwell. Good day, everybody. And one of the favourite things I love about this show is talking to real tradies and how they've been successful and what they've done. I think we can really learn from people in the industry that have done it and, and know how to do it and can help others out there. So I'm really excited about today's guest, Warwick. Yep. And uh, today's guest is somebody that I've had in mind since we first talked about starting the Tradies Business Show, actually, because um, I think uh, he's got a great story and, and interesting background and certainly highlights what can be achieved uh, when you, you put your mind to it and just think a little differently to the rest of your industry. So um, I'll get stuck into his bio. So today we're talking with Adam Ellis and uh, he's sitting here in front of us wearing his board shorts and thongs. So uh, great to see he's living the tradie dream. But Adam runs a company called Allied Drafting Services and um, it's been around for a little while now, but certainly uh, he started his background as a tradie. He's a, a former sheet metal worker and um, he's worked his way up through various roles with different companies and uh, he's taken a lot of those learnings and applied them to his own business. I had the pleasure of working with Adam for a while and uh, I think I'd call him a mate. I don't think he'd call me a mate. Uh, I don't think many people actually call me a mate. Um, but uh, yeah, look, I'll, uh, I'll let Adam do the rest of his introduction, but really looking forward to uh, some insights from Adam Ellis. Welcome today, mate. Thanks, Warwick. Uh, good morning, guys and girls. Yeah, as Warwick said, I'm Adam Ellis from Allied Drafting Services. Uh, we specialise in uh, air conditioning, uh, 3D mechanical services documentation. So basically we draw all the air conditioning that uh, you guys get to sit back and love and uh, enjoy while you go walk around the supermarket. Cool. So tell us uh, how you got started in the business. Uh, I was working for a, um, a reasonably large company as a project manager in Brisbane and they had a massive shortfall for drafties. Uh, in our industry, so I was actually doing a lot of my own drafting, um, and so I just realised that there was a massive sort sort of niche in our industry for good quality draftsmen, and the clients that uh, or the the drafting subcontractors we were using at that time, uh, the level of service they provided was very very poor, so they didn't really care about the project in turn or what the quality of the product they delivered. So, which uh, as a project manager left me. Um, yeah, up up the creek without a paddle, as you could say, <laughs> um, on quite a few projects at key parts of the project. So basically, I 
thought, well, I'll just do it myself. I know what needs to be done. Uh, and, yeah, that's how that's how I, I realised that there was a, a massive niche in our industry for that type of service. And so what was the goals of the business when you got started then? <laughs> uh, not not to work as much as I was. <laughs> so basically, yeah, I just started the business so I could work less, surf more, yeah. uh, and, yeah, spend some more time with my wife, so... And how's that going now? Is, it, is that happening or...? Yeah, look, it has. For the first... Uh, the business has been running now for just over six and a half years. For the first three years, I could you could say I was on a pretty good wicket. I was only just working enough to pay for all our bills, go on some holidays. My wife was still working at that point in time. Um, so, yeah, I was sort of living the dream, you could say, working probably two to three days a week maximum and lazing around the house and vegging out and going surfing the other the other sort of four to four and a half days of the week so yeah no it was good and that was about when we met mate so uh yeah you can you can blame me for messing up your life and actually uh, making you busy but um what was what was the shift for you and why did you decide to actually get out of that kind of cruisy mode and and do what you've you've done today yeah, so basically the reason we, or yeah, I say we because uh, as everyone knows who's married, uh, it's always it's always a joint venture with the old uh, ball and chain. So basically I decided to, three, three and a half, four years ago now, we moved to the Sunshine Coast because um, the business was going really well and it was sort of three years into its, into its um Operation. So basically, we decided to move to the Sunshine Coast. A lot of our friends had moved up here previous to us, so we were spending most weekends up here. So basically, we moved up here, and then why I decided to basically grow the business was because my wife was working in Brisbane. She was sick and tired of travelling backwards and forwards to Brisbane. So basically, we decided to to start to expand the business. We also wanted to have children as well. So and we both discussed that. Yeah. It'd be good for her to be a stay-at-home wife and uh, raise the kids. So basically, that's what drove me and my wife to actually start to knuckle down and really look at avenues and of how we could grow the business. And yeah, that's how we met Warwick. Oh, it's a pretty good motivational factor, I think. The wife and kids. Yeah, yeah. Well, we just wanted to provide, obviously, as most parents do, provide a better life for their children than what they had with their parents. So, so yeah. So basically, I. My brother-in-law was yeah keen to have get started with us, and and obviously he's a chippy by trade, so we don't discriminate against uh, against <laughs> trades in in our business. But um, yeah, he's a chippy by trade. He was harassing me for quite a few years to to give him a go. Um, yeah, so he was our first employee. He's still with us now, sort of nearly three and a half years on. And so, what's that like working with a family member? Um, it's it's a lot better. You, yeah, you've got to keep work at work and and um, and personal matters aside. Um, we thought that it could become sort of a bit hard from time to time, but it yeah, after the first sort of six months had gone by, we realised that yeah, it was a good thing, and we both liked working together. He gets to live up here with his with his family now as well, so it's really really good because yeah, we're both sort of living the dream and as much as it is my business at the same time we do have a couple of employees and 
I also make sure that they're aware that it's not only my business, it's their business as well, so that they have an invested interest in what we do um, and that they're not just, it's just not just, they're not just another number and that's what we're all about is actually, we actually care about not only our clients but also our employees because they, without your employees, you're pretty much, once again, you'll be up that creek without a paddle again, so yeah, so that's basically... And I think that's one thing that a lot of trade-based businesses neglect is that relationship with their team members and underestimate the value is in really looking after getting the best talent and making them feel part of the team. So I think that's really critical for building a, a bigger business. Yeah, most definitely. We, the guys that we've got, um, yeah, have both come from... Um, I. I yeah, I just sort of look at both of them and, and see, as, as cliche as it sounds, a lot of sort of my qualities in them. They were looking for, yeah, people, someone to give them a break and give them yep. a go. And that's all I was ever looking for when I was starting to try to get up through the ranks in our industry. It was just someone to give me a go. And, and uh, yeah, as you can tell by my appearance, probably not too many people would look at me and probably think I take things very seriously. But... Yeah, one one eventually someone does give you a go, and that's when you need to make yourself shine. So, I know that's something you're very passionate about, Adam. Is uh, getting good people, but but more than that is actually giving people an opportunity to shine and uh, really fostering their growth within the organisation. I know you've had quite a few people through the business that have uh, you know perhaps not had a a fair shot somewhere else, and they've turned out to be great team members with you what's what's some of your philosophies or secrets um when it comes to actually employing people and and getting the best out of them and giving that opportunity to them yeah so basically i the the qualities i look for in an employee are basically one are they a hard worker two are they a genuine person Um, because a lot of people can say that they want the opportunity and all this sort of stuff but when push comes to shove they they actually don't really want it and they don't have that drive whereas someone that really wants to to progress really has that sort of drive and that go get it soul attitude and that's what we look for and you have to you do have to sift through quite a few resumes and sit down and talk to quite a few of your uh of your prospective employees but so long as you, you know what you're looking for that's the main thing and you need to really make sure that they have it one have an invested interest in your business and but the main reason or the main thing to do with your employees is to make them a part of your business don't treat them like employees treat them as if they're a business partner to you because even though they are employees once if they if they crack it and decide that you they hate working for you and they leave you're back to where you were at the start you're back to working for yourself you're back to working 60 hours a week plus just to make ends meet whereas when you've got employees and you do the right thing by them and you pay them for what they're actually worth instead of oh this is what the industry pays well that's just if they're making you a good dollar you got to pay them a good dollar as far as i'm concerned because that's the only way a business can flourish and thrive is because if you have instead of paying award wages if you pay guys for the money and for the quality of service and for the clients they bring to your business you'll find that you'll get much better return and retention of your staff and that's the way that we run our business did you experience any fear in uh you know employing those first few people or did you have 
because uh, a lot of businesses, not just tradies, but uh, it's certainly something we hear a lot from tradies that, that Michaela and I talk to is you can't find good people and then, you know, you employ these people and they don't work out and it doesn't matter how much training you give them. It's just, it seems to be a bit of a headache. But uh, I think that creates a lot of fear amongst tradespeople in avoiding putting people on. Did you go through any of the same sort of feelings? Yeah, most definitely. Because um, when you're a, a sole trader or a single man band, you sort of it becomes your baby, your business, and you don't want anyone to come in and sort of harass your clients or do the wrong thing by your clients, and you lose clients. It's definitely a big fear that we had. But um, we also made sure that we had a lot of training implemented straight away, and a lot of checklists to actually eliminate that human error. Um, and then also when we did start to use a checklist that also highlighted some areas that we weren't actually looking at or that we didn't think were um, sort of risk areas to our business and yeah we did we definitely did have concerns but um, yeah if you do the right thing and you you sit down and you knuckle down and you actually sift through all the resumes and you give everyone a decent interview process as lengthy as it is you'll definitely find those golden nuggets in those people that actually want that want that opportunity. And that's the main thing we looked for is the people who actually want that opportunity. And then also we would also question them about how many, like what jobs they'd applied for and stuff like that. And if they said, oh, look, we just we haven't applied for any or whatever, we just, well, they're not really, as far as I'm concerned, looking for that uh looking for that opportunity. They just want someone to hand them the opportunity, whereas if, we employed a guy who basically he actually had no experience in the industry but applied for a job worth 150 grand a year and he had no experience in the industry and it said that he needed five years experience but he applied for it because he decided well no one's going to give me an opportunity at the bottom of the ladder i'll try and uh weasel my way into somewhere towards the top so yeah so for me that was a that was a big thing that made me giggle when he told me but uh but yeah no it's definitely it is it is hard, but if you do make sure you have a good training plan in place to start with, then you just set some basic ground rules of what you expect of them and just so they know what they what they expect of you because um, at the same time, you expect a lot of them, but at the same time, if you're employing a brand new plumber and you give him the most clapped out old piece of crap van that's got hardly any tools in it, nothing works he's not going to want to come to work. So you've got to make their work environment and invest in your business through investing in your, in your employees. And so it's been three years now. What else? How's the business now, three years on, since you took that big leap of um, growing the business? So how far have you come and what have been some of the key things that you've done to get that success? So basically the business has grown, um, grown a lot in that period of time. Um, we've had an increase in um, uh, turnover and, and revenue of about 500% since we in wow. for, since three years ago. Um, and I, I guess the most of the successes come from basically giving a personalized service to your clients. We have quite a few competitors out there that basically um, – they do a really, really good job and we strive to be like them but where they let themselves down is they don't deliver a personalised service. It's just a, it's just another job to them or another project. 
So we deliver the personalised service. We talk to the project managers, to the other draftsmen that are working on the projects, to the engineers. So and everyone knows us by personally by name. They know me by name. They both know both my employees by name. And it's just a lot of people are too scared to pick up the phone and have a chat. They'd rather just send an email because yep. it's too. It's that's just convenient. Whereas we'll. We will send the email because we've got to cover our backside. It's got to be in writing. But at the same time, we'll also pick up the phone and have a chat to them because the other thing that we find in the lovely construction industry is there's quite a few hot-headed people in our industry, so sort of more than not. (laughs) Um, So people who read an email with a certain type of emotion, obviously if they're having a bad day, (laughs) the way they'll read that email will be completely different to the way it's actually been written. So that's another reason why we also pick up the phone and, and make that um, contact because the last thing you want is someone firing an email back with a whole heap of capital letters and and, and red letters um, in the email to you. So that's that's one of the things that sort of we attribute a lot of our success to is um, the personal service we give. And a lot of the jobs we do are... We'll finish them because we're the drafting element. So we'll have them completely finished before the, the the site personnel get on site and actually start installing it. So once that happens, some some of our other opposition, obviously, from time to time, don't provide that after sort of sales service that we would. Every job to us, we see it right through from start to finish, right till the end. And if we have some, if there are for any reason, if someone's got any queries or problems, they can contact us direct. Um, they don't have to go through a big f- chain of command. We open the door and l- allow them c- to come straight to us so they don't have to actually go through the chain of command on their end because sometimes they've got to deal with engineers, draftsmen, project managers before they actually get to talk to us. So we open that door, we go to site, we see the guys on the floor or on the job and then give them our contact details and let them know that they can contact us anytime, um, obviously during business hours. <laughs> so Adam, you talk about you doing things differently or, or just, I guess, doing the little things um, better. It's that personalised service. Uh, and that obviously makes sense to you as the business owner. But what about, say I'm a new team member that's just joined our drafting services, how do you actually train me on that or indoctrinate me into that culture within your business? Yeah, so we obviously, I said before, touched on the fact that we've got a lot of um, uh, procedures and checklists and stuff in place. So basically, and obviously when we go through the actual interview process, the candidate that we do select has a lot of that of a lot of the qualities that I look for as well. So if they come across and they're sort of a fairly arrogant type of person that has a they don't really sort of care attitude, they obviously won't get a start with us. But basically, yeah, the way that we I sit down and run through with it with the guys is I tell them that every email they send they have to obviously touch base through a phone call. Um, and then obviously yeah, I'd say to them, yeah, we've actually got to give a shit about our clients because at the end of the day, the reason we get to live here on the coast, work five minutes from home and not have to battle an hour's worth of traffic travelling to Brizzy every day is because we do care. And um, 
that's the main thing that yeah we definitely look for in our employees and obviously we drum that into them from day one and also we also put the question to them well just imagine you were our client and how do you think you would feel how would you like to be treated so and that's the other way that i also sort of put it to them as well is imagine that you are our client and obviously what level of service you would expect from us when we are providing the uh the documentation the drawings to them so yeah so you've had some great success and I'm sure along the way over the years you've perhaps made some mistakes and, and had some key learnings from doing business. What's an, a, an example of a time that perhaps things didn't go to plan and, and how did that turn out? Yeah, well, a man or a person who says they've never made a mistake is it the biggest lie you'll ever meet. Uh, no one's perfect. We all make mistakes. I've made, yeah, quite a few. Um, I, I guess I've... Yeah, we haven't made any that really sort of any large or very large ones that sort of stick in my head. Um, it's if we do make a mistake, we obviously make sure we follow it through, we rectify the problem for our client, and then obviously all at no cost to them. Um, and then we show them that we care about that we it's not just the fact that we oh well we've made a mistake we get all high and mighty about it we accept the fact we get back to them and say yep this is a reason or this is what's happened um and we again that sort of after sales service we really make sure that we follow the the issue through with their site personnel so we eliminate the amount of time that their site personnel have to do to rectify the problem and then obviously We'll revise drawings, send new drawings out, and obviously send it to all the key parties involved. So then they, they, their own document control people don't actually have to put any time and effort into sending all the drawings out to the key stakeholders. We do that for them. Um, and that's the biggest thing I find with the business is every, you'll make a mistake, your employees will make mistakes. It's all, that's fine, and everyone's only human. But it's how you handle those mistakes is how people will remember you and that's the reason why we go to the nth degree. We make sure I've had times where I've jumped in the car at 3 o'clock in the afternoon up here on the coast and then driven drawings down to Brisbane just because I wanted to make sure that they had the guys on site had those drawings at 6 o'clock in the morning or I've had the drawings done, printed and driven to site early in the morning, left here at 4.35 in the morning, got to Brizzy given the guys the drawings and then run through what we've done, what changes have been made so they know exactly what's going on. And for for that, it, I, I sort of look at that as basically if you provide that level of service to any, in re- regardless of what industry or trade you're in, that's all anyone is ever looking for is that they get someone who actually cares about the product that they have just purchased. Yeah, and I mean, it's not rocket science. It's just providing a really good level of service. And I really think that's missing in so many service-based businesses these days. Yeah, and that's and the funny thing is, is living here on the coast, running my business from the coast, we, you get the, the old cliche of, oh, when the surf's pumping, we're not going to be able to get in contact with them. And as much as I'd love to go surfing when it's pumping, but... There's some days where we're really, really busy and it's more often not that we're really busy and the surf is pumping, but we make sure we deliver everything on time. And I think, yeah, a lot of guys or a lot of tradies on the coast here definitely need to to 
be more personable because I've used quite a few guys from up here on the coast and yeah some of the service that has been provided has been sort of a lot sort of fair falls quite below the bar of what I would expect but I don't just for those guys that I have used up here I don't just sort of throw them away and not get not uh, use them again I just ring them up and say hey look mate you're trying to run a business here and I just sort of explain to them why I felt that I didn't get a good level of service or what I thought was wrong with their service and in all honesty most of the the guys that I have sort of used up here I've and I've sort of explained that to them have actually yeah they haven't told me to go get stuff they've actually listened to what I've got to say and sort of said well thanks for coming back to me because probably most of my most of the clients would actually not actually ring back and sort of explain that to them so some guys might actually think that they're providing a good quality service but don't get that feedback and that's definitely another thing that we've done in the past and when we were growing our business is we went back for customer feedback because I wanted to make sure that everything that we were doing they were happy with so that's definitely a big thing is never be afraid to ask the question sort of how did we perform so Adam what's next for Allied Drafting Services what does the future hold for you guys uh, mate, the future is uh, is definitely very exciting for us. We're just about to start work on the Sunshine Coast um, Hospital project up here, which will see us. Obviously, two there'll be myself and one other of our employees will be on that project um, for a minimum of twelve months. So for a um, yeah for a three three person business, that's um, yeah it's a lot lot of work. I don't have to worry about chasing up. So that's definitely the first thing that's um, definitely up for us. And then also we're um, yeah looking to go into doing some 3D scanning. So basically instead of us going to site and measuring everything with uh, pen and paper and uh, laser levels and laser measures and tapes, um, basically we're looking to purchase a 3D scanner that'll go in there and we'll just set it up. Basically what would normally take one of us about eight hours to measure up we'll we'll be able to scan it in about one and a half hours so the amount of um sort of leverage that that machine will give our business will be is is going to be massive um and then also it's another avenue that we'll probably look at going down and setting up as a so uh, an, uh, an actual sort of service we can provide to our clients so yeah that's uh, another thing that um is definitely going to happen in the next couple of years so yeah <clears throat> which will, yeah, it's good. So, yeah, and then obviously we'll probably look to put on another another drafty within the next sort of 18 months to two years and just keep that sort of slow, steady growth. Nothing uh, nothing too drastic. Uh, we've had the opportunity with the hospital to basically, we were asked if we could uh, just employ as many people as we could get our hands on so they could give us um, a larger portion of the project. Um I've I knocked that down as at the end of the day you don't want to get um you don't want to get greedy uh you got to be still be smart in business and yeah you just got to look at the opportunities that are given to you at that point in time um and also take them for what they are um look at how you can provide that service the service you've been providing 
to that project because that's that's the reason why that client is asking you to uh, to try to take on a bit more of the pie. But um, for us, yeah, we just decided to keep it, not expand because it's just not doesn't fit our business at this point in time. So one question we like to end with our guests is: if you had two hundred and fifty tradies in a room, what's the one thing that you would want to let them know? Uh, as most tradies would know, their days are probably fairly stressful from time to time. Um, and the one thing that I'd like to impart on those guys is definitely um, keep it light, keep it funny, um, have a bit of fun with work. Um, yeah, don't get too stressed out because there's always tomorrow. Um, yeah, so basically it's just to, to have that relaxed atmosphere. There's there's no need to, to sort of get stressed out of your eyeballs and uh, worry about sort of all the, thing, all the bad things that could happen. It's just focus on what you've got and, yeah, and make it... Do it well and yeah, and have fun doing it because at the end of the day, that's the reason why you've started your business and, and you want to work for yourself. Well, thanks so much. I think you've given a, a heap of nuggets today about the right way to run a business. Mm, yep, that's awesome, Ads. Thanks for coming in, mate. And uh, as always, you're uh, always setting the bar high with the appearance, mate. So um, thanks for not disappointing today. We'll have to put a photo of you up on the uh, show notes uh, so everybody can see who we've been chatting with. But um, thanks again, mate. Awesome interview and I'm sure uh, everybody will get heaps of value out of that. And so if they want to find out more about you, where would they go? Uh, you could just go check out our website, uh, www.alloyddrafting.com.au. And, yeah, by all means, go have a look at our website and you'll, you'll get an understanding of uh, how laid back we are for sure. Thanks, guys. Great. That's thanks. Awesome. Thanks, Adam. So, Adam Ellis. I was always looking forward to interviewing Adam. He's got some great takeaways uh, from his business and his business journey and uh, – uh, at the at the end of the interview, we had a quick chat before Adam left, and um, he said I was allowed to say this about him: is that basically he's just a dumb sheety. So uh, he was a sheet metal worker. He has no uh, you know tertiary education or anything, and he's managed to build a pretty incredible business. So let's get into our uh, top three takeaways from that interview. Uh, mine is the give a shit strategy. So um, Adam talks about actually showing people you care. I mean, it's a pretty standard thing. And it's something that a lot of us uh, forget to do, but certainly um, teaching his staff to give a shit and making that a big mantra for their business, I think is uh, that's awesome. Yeah, and I mean, it's so simple. It's really not brain surgery kind of stuff. It's just, mm. yeah, the simple stuff often is the, the things that work the most. Right. So for me, it was really also, you know, he's really passionate in investing time and money in his talent. And it's just so critical about having his team members not be like employees, but really feel like they're part of the team and you, you've got no business without your people and I just think it's so critical to look after them. And so thirdly, I really think, you know, business is all about having a bit of fun as well and keeping it in perspective. Okay, guys, so don't forget to go to tradiesbusinessshow.com forward slash two, as in the number two, for uh, the show notes and the pictures of the lovely Adam. And make sure to subscribe on iTunes so you never miss another episode. And, hey, we like a bit of loving, so make sure to leave a ratings and review as well. Till next time. Hey, Rick. And to make sure you don't miss another episode of our great show, make sure to subscribe on YouTube. And make sure to subscribe on iTunes so you never miss another episode. And, hey, we like a little bit of loving, so make sure to leave a ratings and review so more people can find out about it. No, let's do that again. Okay, let's do it again. <laughs> You've been listening to the Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. 
Want to get off the tools into true business ownership? Find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com.